Hello, everyone, and welcome to Day 7 of Bible in the Year with Pastor Steve. I hope that you have found the Bible in the Year reading plan on our website, emmanuelmelbourne.org backslash B-I-Y. You can download it, print it, whatever you want, and use it to cross off each day as you complete. Uh, it's a great way for you to, to keep up with the plan and to see what's coming up. As a reminder, our Bible in the Year posts, these podcasts, and everything else uh, will occur Monday through Friday, and the weekends are off. So here we are at day seven, and we will be jumping into uh, Genesis chapters 28 through 30, Proverb number seven, and Psalm number seven. And without further ado, let us get into the reading. As a reminder, we will be reading from the web version of the Bible. This is a public domain translation so that I can read it online here on the podcast. Uh, the reading plan that you download and print will recommend the new international version, but you can use any version that you're comfortable reading. It's always good to read from multiple versions anyway, so that you can see the various nuanced meaning, meanings of the words that appear. Genesis chapter 28. Isaac called Jacob, blessed him, and commanded him, You shall not take a wife of the daughters of Canaan. Arise, go to Padam Aram, to the house of Bethuel, your mother's father. Take a wife from there, from the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. May God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you, that you may be a company of peoples, and give you the blessing of Abraham to you and to your offspring with you, that you may inherit the land where you travel, which God gave to Abraham. Isaac sent Jacob away. He went to Paddan Aram, to Laban, son of Bethuel, the Syrian, the brother of Rebekah, Jacob's and Esau's mother. Now Esau saw that Isaac had blessed Jacob and sent him away to Paddan Aram to take him a wife from there, and that as he blessed him, he gave him a command, saying, You shall not take a wife of the daughters of Canaan, and that Jacob obeyed his father and his mother and was gone to Paddan Aram. Esau saw that the daughters of Canaan didn't please Isaac, his father. So Esau went to Ishmael and took in addition to the wives he had, Mahalath, the daughter of Ishmael, Abraham's son, the sister of Neboeth, to be his wife. Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. He came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. He took one of the stones of the place and put it under his head and lay down in that place to sleep. He dreamed and saw a stairway set upon the earth and its top reached to heaven. Behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Behold, Yahweh stood above it and said, I am Yahweh, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. I will give the land to you to lie on and to your offspring. Your offspring will be as the dust of the earth, and you will spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. In you and in your offspring, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you again into this land. For I will not leave you until I have done that much, that which I have spoken of to you. Jacob awakened out of his sleep and said, Surely Yahweh is in this place, 
and I didn't know it. He was afraid and said, how awesome this place is. This is none other than God's house, and this is the gate of heaven. Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone that he had put under his head and set it up for a pillar and poured oil on its top. He called the name of the place Bethel, but the name of the city was loose at the beginning. Jacob bowed a vow, saying, If God will be with me, and will keep me in this way that I go, and will give me bread to eat and clothing to put on, so that I come again to my father's house in peace, and Yahweh will be my God. Then this stone which I have set up for a pillar will be God's house. Of all that you will give me, I will surely give you a tenth. Genesis chapter 29. Then Jacob went on his journey and came to the land of the children of the east. He looked and saw a well in the field and saw three flocks of sheep lying by it. For out of that well they watered the flocks. The stone on the well's mouth was large. There all the flocks were gathered. They rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the sheep and put the stone back on the well's mouth in its place. Jacob said to them, My relatives, where are you from? They said, We are from Haran. He said to them, Do you know Laban, the son of Nahor? They said, We know him. He said to them, Is it well with him? They said, It is well. See, Rachel, his daughter, is coming up with the sheep. He said, Behold, it is still the middle of the day, not time to gather the livestock together. Water the sheep and then go and feed them. They said, We can't until all the flocks are gathered together and they roll the stone from the well's mouth, then we will water the sheep. While he was yet speaking with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she kept them. When Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother, Jacob went near and rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. Jacob kissed Rachel and lifted up his voice and wept. Jacob told Rachel that he was her father's relative and that he was Rebekah's son. She ran and told her father. When Laban heard the news of Jacob, his sister's son, he ran to meet Jacob and embraced him and kissed him and brought him to his house. Jacob told Laban the, all of these things. Laban said to him, Surely you are my bone and my flesh. Jacob stayed with him for a month. Laban said to Jacob, because you are my relative, should you therefore serve me for nothing? Tell me, what will your wages be? Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah's eyes were weak, but Rachel was beautiful in form and attractive. Jacob loved Rachel. He said, I will serve you seven years for Rachel, your younger daughter, Laban said, It is better that I give her to you than I should give her to another man. Stay with me. Jacob served seven years for Rachel. They seemed to him but a few days for the love he had for her. Jacob said to Laban, Give me my wife, for the days are fulfilled, that I may go into her. Laban gathered together all the men of the place and made a feast. In the evening he took Leah, his daughter, and brought her to Jacob. He went into her. 
Laban gave Zilpah his servant to his daughter Leah for a servant. In the morning, behold, it was Leah. He said to Laban, What is this that you have done to me? Didn't I serve you for Rachel? Why then have you deceived me? Laban said, It is not done so in our place to give the younger before the firstborn. Fulfill the week of this one, and we will give you the other also for the service which you will serve with me for seven more years. Jacob did so and fulfilled her week. He gave him Rachel, his daughter, as wife. Laban gave Bilhah, his servant, to his daughter Rachel to be her servant. He went in also to Rachel, and he loved also Rachel more than Leah, and served him with seven more years. Yahweh saw that Leah was hated, and he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. Leah conceived and bore a son, and she named him Reuben. For she said, Because Yahweh has looked at my affliction, for now my husband will love me. She conceived again and bore a son and said, Because Yahweh has heard that I am hated, he has therefore given me this son also. She named him Simeon. She conceived again and bore a son. She said, Now this time my husband will be joined to me, because I have borne him three sons. Therefore his name was called Levi. She conceived again and bore a son. She said, This time I will praise Yahweh. Therefore she named him Judah. Then she stopped bearing. Genesis chapter 30. When Rachel saw that she bore Jacob no children, Rachel envied her sister. She said to Jacob, Give me children or else I will die. Jacob's anger burned against Rachel and he said, Am I in God's place? who has withheld from you the fruit of the womb? She said, Behold, my maid, Bilhah, go into her that she may bear on my knees, and I also may obtain children by her. She gave him Bilhah, her servant as wife, and Jacob went into her. Bilhah conceived and bore Jacob a son. Rachel said, God has judged me and has also heard my voice and has given me a son. Therefore, she called his name Dan. Bilhah, Rachel's servant, conceived again and bore Jacob a second son. Rachel said, I have wrestled with my sister with mighty wrestlings, and I have prevailed. She named him Naphtali. When Leah saw that she had finished bearing, she took Zilpah, her servant, and gave her to Jacob as a wife. Zilpah, Leah's servant, bore Jacob a son. Leah said, How fortunate. She named him Gad. Zilpah, Leah's servant bore Jacob a second son. Leah said, Happy am I, for the daughters will call me happy. She named him Asher. Reuben went in the days of the wheat harvest and found mandrakes in the field and brought them to his mother Leah. Then Rachel said to Leah, Please give me some of your son's mandrakes. Leah said to her, Is it a small matter that you have taken away my husband? Would you take away my son's mandrakes also? Rachel said, therefore, he will lie with you tonight for your son's mandrakes. Jacob came from the field in the evening and Leah went out to meet him and said, you must come in to me for I have surely hired you with my son's mandrakes. He lay with her that night. God listened to Leah and she conceived and bore Jacob a fifth son. Leah said, God has given me my hire because I gave my servant to my husband. She named him Issachar. 
Leah conceived again and bore a sixth son to Jacob. Leah said, God has endowed me with a good dowry. Now my husband will live with me because I have borne him six sons. She named him Zebulun. Afterwards, she bore a daughter and named her Dina. God remembered Rachel and God listened to her and opened her womb. She conceived, bore a son and said, God has taken away my reproach. She named him Joseph, saying, May Yahweh add another son to me. When Rachel had born Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, Send me away that I may go to my own place and to my own country. Give me my wives and my children for whom I have served you and let me go. For you know my service with which I have served you. Laban said to him, If now I have found favor in your eyes, stay here, for I have divined that Yahweh has blessed me for your sake. He said, Appoint me your wages, and I will give it. Jacob said to him, You know I have served you, and how your livestock have fared with me. For it was little which you had before I came, and it has increased to a multitude. Yahweh has blessed you wherever I turned. Now then, when will I provide for my own house also? Laban said, What shall I give you? Jacob said, You shall not give me anything. If you will do this thing for me, I will again feed your flock and keep it. I will pass through all your flock today, removing from them every speckled and spotted one, and every black one among the sheep, and the spotted and speckled among the goats. This will be my hire. So my righteousness will answer for me hereafter when you come concerning my hire that is before you. Everyone that is not speckled and spotted among the goats and black among the sheep that might be with me will be considered stolen. Laban said, Behold, let it be according to your word. That day he removed the male goats that were streaked and spotted and all the female goats that were speckled and spotted everyone that had white in it and all the black ones among the sheep and gave them into the hand of his sons. He set three days journey between himself and Jacob and Jacob fed the rest of Laban's flocks. Jacob took to himself rods of fresh poplar almond and plain tree peeled with white streaks in them and made the white appear which was in the rods. He set the rods which he had peeled opposite the flocks in the watering troughs where the flocks came to drink. They conceived when they came to drink. The flocks conceived before the rods, and the flocks produced streaked, speckled, and spotted. Jacob separated the lambs and set the faces of the flocks toward the streaked and all the black in Laban's flock. He put his own droves apart and didn't put them into Laban's flocks. Whenever the stronger of the flock conceived, Jacob laid the rods in front of the eyes of the flock and the watering troughs, that they might conceive among the rods. But when the flock were feeble, he didn't put them in. So the feebler were Laban's, and the stronger, Jacob's. The, main, the man increased exceedingly, and he had large flocks, female servants, and male servants, and camels, and donkeys. 
Dear Father in heaven, we thank you for this day. We ask that you would send forth your Holy Spirit to open our minds, our hearts, and our souls so that we might gain understanding of these ancient words. Lord, apply your truths to our hearts and direct our steps so that we might walk in a way that is pleasing to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Whoever said that the Bible is not interesting has never read it. We really come across some very interesting tidbits in today's readings. Uh, some of it may seem a little bit like deja vu because it seems like these themes are repeating. And if you've noticed that, good job, because guess what? They are. So we're going to jump right into Genesis chapter 28. But just a reminder, at the end of 27, Jacob had tricked Isaac, his father, who was on his deathbed, by the way, um, to give Jacob the blessing that his older brother uh, would have received as the firstborn. And because of all of that, Esau became very angry and plotted to kill him. Now that came to Jacob's attention, and of course we heard that he was going to be sent off to go to uh, his mother's brother's house, his uncle Laban, in a far-off land so that he can pick a bride for himself and basically kind of hide out for a while. So that's kind of where we find ourselves in Genesis chapter 28. But we see Isaac calling Jacob once more, blessing him and commanding him um, with this new thing. He says, you shall not take a wife of the daughters of Canaan. It seemed to be implied previously that the Hebrew people should take wives from within their own and not go to the outside, the uncircumcised. But here it's made a little bit more explicit. It says, you shall not take a wife of the daughters of Canaan. Now, this will become more formally uh, codified, if you will, in Deuteronomy chapter 7, if you want to take a look at that. So Isaac, he reiterates the, reiterates the covenant blessings to Jacob, and Jacob sent on his way to Uncle Laban, just like Isaac's servant did to get Rebekah. Notice what Esau does when he hears this command from his father to Jacob. Well, he goes and does the exact opposite, right? He goes and gets a wife from Ishmael. This was Isaac's brother. If you remember, this is not the line through which the blessing from Abraham would translate through. So he did something in direct opposition to his father's will. Anyway, along the way, Jacob, uh, as he's heading off to this place, he takes a, a little bit of a nap. He lays down and he catches some Z's and he has a dream. And what does he see but a ladder extending from earth to heaven? And in this, God reiterates the blessing to him. What I promised through Abraham and through Isaac, I'm going to do through you. I'm going to make you uh, the, the promised line who will bless the earth and your descendants would be multiplied so numerous. God reiterates this blessing to him. And after that, Jacob, he's like, wow, God was certainly in this place. Now I'm going to make a vow of my own. And check out what he says in verses 20 through 22. He says, if God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and clothing to put on, so that I come again to my father's house in peace, and Yahweh will be my God. Then this stone, which I have set up for a pillar, will be God's house. Of all that you will give me, I will surely give you a tenth. So the very place where Jacob was laying his head on this rock, 
he now stands up and makes a pillar and says, if God does all this stuff for me, then I will make him a house. That's interesting in this place uh, in Bethel, uh, which was formerly called Luce, is in the vicinity of Mount Moriah. And if you remember, Mount Moriah is where Abraham was tested, right, with his son Isaac. And I mentioned that later on, that would be the place where the temple was built and where Jesus would be crucified. Well, guess what? Many scholars think that this is the same exact place. Pretty interesting to see how that traces through the whole of Scripture. Now, in Genesis chapter 29, Jacob arrives to his designated place to uncle uncle Laban's land. Uh, He sees the well off in the distance. This is the well that uh, Isaac's servant saw um, when he was seeking a wife for Isaac. And he arrives, and then he he helps uh, water some of the sheep and so forth. And he meets Rachel. And Rachel learns that this is her relative and goes off and tells her dad, Laban, who comes out. And Laban says, you know what? It is good that I give my daughter to you. Better so than if I gave her to anybody else. But he says, you know, I need you to do this for me. I need you to work for me for seven years. And because Jacob loved Rachel so much, he fell in love with her immediately that he said, sure, I will certainly do that. But there was a bit of treachery on board for Laban. After the seven years were up, uh, which seemed like but a few days for our friend Jacob, he does something rather ill. He prepares a wedding feast, a time that is customary for a husband to lay with his wife to consummate the marriage. Instead of giving Rachel to Jacob, he gives Leah. And Jacob consummates the marriage unbeknownst to him with the older sister Leah, not the one he signed up this, uh, with this contract for. And so he learns about it, and then Laban kind of does this thing, hey, work for me for another seven years, and uh, you know what? I'm going to give you Rachel as well. And by the way, he gave the maidservants to his daughters. Um, And we're going to see here a little bit of the firstborn drama, right? That uh, Leah was supposed to be the the one who was married off first, um, and Laban thought that that should be the way. So Jacob lies with Leah and has a bunch of kids. And then there's the maidservants and, and Rachel, she's getting a little bit angry because she was barren. And what does she do? She tries to DIY her own blessings, just like her ancestors did, right? Remember Abram and Sarai? Well, she says, I need kids. If I don't have kids, I might as well be dead. So she gives her maidservant over to Jacob so that the child could be born on her knees. Basically, um, the servant would be giving birth and be laying back on top of Rachel. Interesting, huh? All the drama between Leah and Rachel, plus their maids, this all reveals a truth about marriage for us. God never intended man and woman to have multiple partners or multiple wives. Yet, there are still some religious sects out there that um, practice polygamy. 
thinking of some of the more radical uh, Mormon sects that uh, still practice polygamy. And if you've ever seen the shows, you know that the drama speaks for itself. Well, Leah, later on, like her dad, is now transacting for her own benefit. We see this weird thing with the mandrakes, right? Um, Rebecca or Rachel wanted some mandrakes for uh, a stew or something for dinner. Uh, and she asked Leah to get some. She said, you know what? My son found these. Uh, why should I give you this? You've already taken my husband. You want all these as well? Um, so what she do? She says, you know what? I'll let Jacob lie with you tonight if you give me some of these mandrakes. A very weird transaction sort of situation going on here. I guess it runs in the family. Well, finally, later on, we see that God opened up Rachel's womb and she gave birth to Joseph. There were 12 sons in total. And these later became the 12 tribes of Israel. Well, at this point in time, Jacob says, you know what? I've served my time. I've got my family and the children, my wives, concubines, whatever. Let me go. And Laban was like, you know what? You know, God has blessed me so much because you are here. I'm discerning this. I'm divining this. I see it. Why don't you stay with me a little longer and I'll pay you whatever you want. Now, Jacob says, I don't really want anything. But if you'll do this one thing for me, uh, then I'll stick around and take care of your flocks and so forth and build you more riches. And what does he do? He says, just give me the blemished cattle. Give me the blemished goats, the spotted ones, and give me the, the black lambs, and I will give you the choicest of the cattle. What Jacob is doing here is he's forming a transaction against Laban, kind of playing his own game on him. And later, as you see, he puts these uh, rods out with stripes and all these things in front of the cattle, and it, it forces them to take on those features. And he multiplies his flocks so much so that Laban later releases Jacob because he's just sheer losing out so bad. He's got basically the weak and uh, sparse flock, and Jacob has this huge, strong flock. So he agrees, finally. To let him go. I don't know if you've noticed it yet, but when man and womankind try to do things on their own efforts, their own scruples, and their own wisdom, we tend to mess things up. And that is so apparent throughout this little saga here in chapters 28 through 30. But we see something. We see that even though this wasn't God's will for Jacob, he can use all of these mess-ups and work them for the good. Now, that is very, very apparent here in this little saga from Genesis chapter 28 through 30. Uh, and it leads to Jacob having two wives and some concubines and 12 children. Now, even though they kind of engineered their own blessings, God took this bad situation he took all of the transaction and all the treachery and used it for the good to bless Jacob. And we'll see how the 12 tribes of Israel later on will become vital to God's redemptive plan, especially through the youngest, Joseph. So friends, let us press on to our goal of reading this Bible in a year together. Let's pray for one another, encourage one another, 
And let's use that Facebook group to continue the conversation. If you've not already joined it, just search Bible in a Year with Pastor Steve, and you can ask questions, and we can start conversations and dig a little bit deeper in some areas that we might not have covered on the podcast. So I look forward to seeing you again tomorrow at the same time. Take care and have a blessed day.